Hey there, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. Well, you've thought about doing your own podcast, let me tell you, it's not near as hard as it used to be. I launched a podcast back in 2008, and it was crazy difficult to get it listed everywhere where listeners were, which back then wasn't really that many places. But now, podcasts are everywhere, and with a platform like Buzzsprout, you can be all over the place with one click, plus a great-looking website, analytics, and more. That's why... We use Buzzsprout. So follow the link in the show notes, and that'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. Plus, it helps support our show as well. Again, down in the show notes with Buzzsprout. Let's go. All right. Go ahead. The time is now. Let's do it. Here we go. This is the Ike Wingate Show. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. So glad you are here. On the way this hour, celebrity birthdays, this day in history, random facts. When are the Christmas parades happening? I'll tell you that. Caught doing good coming up next hour. A criminal found hiding in a couch in Stranger Than Fiction next hour, as well as talking law with Greg Thurman in studio with Thurman and Flanagan. All that more coming up today, brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, attorneys at law, online at ozarkjustice.com, or give them a call, 479-253-1234. And it is that time of morning for your celebrity birthdays here for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Laura Morano, the Disney singer who is Allie Dawson on Austin and Allie, is 28. Diego Bonetta, who played Pete on Scream Queens and Drew in Rock of Ages, is 33. Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback, is uh, who's also married to singer Ciara, is 35 today. Lucas Black, who plays LaSalle on NCIS New Orleans, is 41. Gemma Chan who is Cersei in the MCU's Eternals. He is 41 today. Let's see. Rapper The Game is 44. Lauren German, Detective Chloe Decker on Lucifer, is 45. Anna Ferris, who played Christy Plunkett on Mom. Horror, uh, horror fans would know her as Cindy Campbell in the first four scary movie flicks. Anna Ferris is 47. Brian Bumgartner, who plays Kevin, the accountant uh, on The Office, is 51 today. Uh, Jenna Lee Nolan, who was Neely Capshaw on Baywatch, is 52. Jonathan Knight from New Kids on the Block is 55. Actor Don Cheadle, 59. Andrew McCarthy. Actor is 61. He was on St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Weekend at Bernie's. Tom Sizemore is 62. Kathy Moriarty, who was Vicky LaMotta in Raging Bull, is 63. Rahm Emanuel, President Obama's Chief of Staff from 2009 to 2010. He was also the Chicago Mayor from 2011 to 2019. Now he's Joe Biden's ambassador to Japan. Rahm Emanuel is 64 today. Howie Mandel is 68. And Susie Chaffee, who is responsible for ChapStick, is 77 today. And on this day in history, the first Army-Navy football game was played at West Point. Army was defeated. Army defeated Navy, I should say. Navy was defeated. 
by a score of 24 to 0. That happened on this date in 1890. The song I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus entered the top 40 on this date in 1952 by Jimmy Boyd. President Johnson signed Executive Order 11129, naming the NASA facilities the John F. Kennedy Space Center on this date in 1963. Let's see here. Natalie Wood drowned in a boating accident off Santa Catalina Island, California on this date in 1981. She was only 43 years old. Cary Grant died of a stroke at the age of 82 on this date in 1986. George Harrison, Beatles legend, died at a friend's home in L.A. on this date in 2001 at the age of 58. And in 2017, on this date, NBC fired Matt Lauer over several harassment allegations. Those are your celebrity birthdays and this day in history. Good morning. And it is that time of morning for your random facts. Actor Brian Cranston didn't actually cook meth on the show Breaking Bad, of course, but chemists from the DEA did explain the process at a high level so that his performance could be more convincing. So he had a, a bit of intel on how that works, I guess. Muhammad Ali's birth name was Cassius Clay, but before he changed it, he changed his name to Cassius X for two weeks. Or would that be Cassius 10? No, probably X, yeah, like Malcolm X. Cassius X for two weeks in 1964 becoming before becoming Cassius Clay. No, before becoming Muhammad Ali. So he was Cassius Clay, Cassius X, and then Muhammad Ali. Okay, do we got that straight? Okay, now you know. When George W. Bush was running for president in 1999, he was asked to name his favorite childhood book, and he picked The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Turns out it was published in 1969 when he was 23 years old, the year after he graduated from Yale. So I don't know where... (laughs) Tell you what, fool me once. (laughs) Not going to fool me. I don't know where he got that from. The Hokey Pokey has that same name in America, Canada, and Australia, but it's called the Hokey Cokey in England. And New Zealand, the Hokey Cokey. The piano that Freddie Mercury played when Queen was recording Bohemian Rhapsody is the same piano Paul McCartney played when the Beatles were recording Hey Jude. A historical piano, nonetheless. Those are your random facts. Good morning. Good morning to you, of course. Christmas parades happening soon. And Santa making some appearances As well, you can find that at our website, kthsradio.com. Just click Community Board. Uh, But in way of Christmas parades, they kick off Friday night, 6 p.m. in Eureka Springs, weaving through beautiful downtown. Green Forest kicks off at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And Berryville's Christmas parade happens Saturday evening at 6 p.m., of course, we'll be broadcasting it live right here, and the coverage is made possible by Kirk's Excavation, Thompson Ready Mix, On the Corner Gifts and Radio Shack, Kimes Auto Supply, Ozark Hunting and Fishing Company, Ozark Physical Therapy, Danny's Tire and Full Service, the Berryville Community Center, and Busy Bee Super Flea Market. Okay, so that's who's making our coverage possible uh, Friday night and twice on Saturday. 
How about that? So you can get the details at our website as well, kthsradio.com. But we'll see you out and about at the parades as we kick off the Christmas season. Good morning. Ever caught someone doing a good job? Tell us about it. This is a really cool story. A mobile home park groundskeeper from New Hampshire recently passed away with a big, big secret. He was a multi-millionaire. Jeffrey Holt left behind a fortune of $3.8 million to the town of Hinsdale, New, New Hampshire, to benefit the community in the areas of education, health, recreation, and culture. This is his friend Edwin Smith talking about Holt's life. Jeffrey was not one to miss work. He just showed up and did what he had to, but he didn't want the expense of having a car. He was very much into cars, although he didn't own one or drive one. And when Jeff realized that he had a couple million dollars in the bank, he didn't know what he was going to do with it. The only parting thing I said to him was, remember the town of Hinsdale. And apparently it resonated quite well with him, more so than I even expected. Wow, $3.8 million. He didn't own any furniture, didn't have a car, and worked as a mobile home park groundskeeper, leaving the town nearly $4 million. That is Caught Doing Good. If you got a story out there that's positive, email it to us so we can tell it right here. The email address is show at ikewingate.com. It's time for Stranger Than Fiction. Well, you know when you're looking for something uh, and you always want to check the couch cushions, right? Yeah, that's always a good idea. A lot of things might get hidden in there. Your phone, your keys, your wallet, some spare change, the remote especially. Now we know that maybe even a fugitive might be hiding in your couch. Police in Florida were looking for a 39-year-old woman named Stacy Usher. She was wanted on a parole violation for selling fentanyl. They searched her home and couldn't find her anywhere until they checked the couch cushions. Turns out Stacy was in the couch hiding. It's unclear if they were somehow tipped off to her being there or if checking the couch was a standard part of their process. In any event, Stacy is in a lot of trouble. In addition to the drugs and the parole violation, she has a history of fraud and grand theft and passing bad checks. I wonder if she paid for that couch or not, or maybe she stole it. I don't know. Either way, that is Stranger Than Fiction, everybody. Good morning. And we're back in studio, Greg Thurman of Thurman and Flanagan. We are talking law. Greg, you have private attorneys in your firm, and obviously you are a business that has to be paid. And of course, some of the payment structure type stuff in the legal field can be confusing. You hear retainer, you hear settlement or whatever, hourly. Can you help walk us through how to understand that better? Yes, I can. Thank you for having me back. And like I was saying in previous segments, you know, there's different roles different attorneys have. You've got public defenders, you've got prosecuting attorneys, and they work for the state. Okay, they are on the state payroll. We are a firm of five attorneys, and we are private attorneys. And so if you're going to need our services and hire us for something, we are going to charge you for those services. It really depends on the type of case. I spoke earlier to our listeners about bodily injury cases, personal injury cases. Those cases are typically done on a contingency fee. Basically, if I believe or our firm believes that somebody has been negligent and has injured this potential client, I am not going to add insult to injury by making that injured party, that victim, so to speak, through no fault of their own, who has gone through all the things they've gone through to have to then turn around and pony up money out of their pocket to pursue the, the wrongdoer. Our system allows those cases to be taken on contingency, meaning that if we win the case, our firm recovers money either through settlement or 
through a verdict at trial, then we will get a percentage of the recovery. And so that's what's considered a contingency fee. If we don't win, if we pursue the case and spend the money on all the expenses and get our experts lined up and, you know, either through our own process, sometimes you get involved in the case and you realize you can't make the case, but uh, normally it's through a jury saying, well, we, we disagree with your theory and so we're not going to fine for your client. Then there is no fee and you can work for, you know, two years and spend thousands of dollars pursuing a case on behalf of somebody and, and get a big fat zero. And though yeah. that's kind of the no win, no fee contingency cases. The other area in our firm, social security disability, which I'm going to talk more about later, that is a contingency fee that is set by the social security commissioner in which a person alleges they became disabled on this date. Unfortunately, I, it can take 20 to 24 months for a person to actually win their disability case and they are entitled to back pay and they can get paid up to 12 months prior to their date of application. So depending on their onset date, there can be 24, 36 months of back pay. The social security commissioner has said that the attorney that represents that person is entitled to 25% of the back pay, but they are capped. And so currently it's 25% of the back pay capped at $7,200, or there is an escalator clause in, in the contract that says if the commissioner raises that cap from 7,200 to you know 8,000, then you, you get that. So basically if somebody is disabled and their back pay was 10,000, you're capped at 2,500. If their back pay was 100,000, you're not going to get 25,000. You're going to be capped currently at 7,200 what the commissioner decides it should be at the time you win the case. That's also a contingency case, a contingency fee that our firm does in representing social security disability clients. Obviously, we have a variety of different fee structures depending on the case. If somebody comes in and they want to have an estate consult with Wade or Steven or Megan, we do most of our estate planning on what we call a fixed fee structure in which we say, you know, these are the products that we believe you need, whether it be a trust, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, medical directive, and we have a fixed fee that we charge to put that estate plan together. Then, of course, there are some expenses, filing fees and stuff like that that can be on top of that. Same thing with corporations. I know Wade and Steven, they set up a lot of business structures and they do those on fixed fees uh, where they will say, you know, I charge this amount to set up a limited liability company and put the operating agreement together, make sure that the name is registered with the state of Arkansas and get everything done correctly, explain to you how you need to operate this business to maintain the protections that we're getting through setting this up and that's called a fixed fee arrangement now other cases are done by the hour you might have somebody call and they have a dispute with their neighbor over a boundary line they may have a dispute over a contract they have with somebody and you don't know how many hours that case is going to take for you to to prevail so a lot of times you'll sit down with the client go over the facts and say you know here's what we do we're going to charge by the hour and Typically, we'll ask for a retainer to be put into our firm's trust account. It's a down payment towards future fees to be put into our trust account, and we'll keep our time and bill against that retainer and then let the client know, you know, on a regular basis. I try to do it on a monthly basis, the status of their retainer, so they know, hey, maybe time to bring some more money. And they also can see, you know, what this case is costing me. And it's the old saying, you know, is the price of eggs worth the wear and tear on the hen? And I always want my clients to be fully aware of, yes, if we win the case, 
case, there's a possibility, depending on the type of case, that attorney's fees can be awarded. But at the end of the day, you are spending this money, spending good money in pursuit of a recovery that may or may not happen. And I'm, I don't have any problem explaining the risks to my clients because I want them at the end of the day to understand what they're getting into. And then, of course, you have what you hear of as retainer. Like we have a couple different clients that have our firm on retainer, meaning they pay a monthly set fee to have a certain amount of hours of our attorneys to do their work. The thing about our firm is the initial consultation is always free. It's not going to cost you anything to come see us. We'll figure out what you may need and then from there talk about options of payment. Absolutely. Thank you for being here, Greg. In studio, talking law with Thurman and Flanagan. Good morning to you. Well, the internet is abuzz with things that the iPhone can do for you. Apparently, there's a new iPhone hack where you can take a picture of the tag on your clothes, and it will tell you how to properly wash and dry that specific clothing item. This is Brad Canning giving a quick tutorial on how to access the laundry feature on your iPhone. You know all these crazy symbols on the inside of our clothes? Let me show you a little trick. So grab your phone and open up your camera, and then you're going to want to take a photo nice and close. I use the macro lens. So right down the bottom here, you'll see a little washing machine icon. If you press that, if you see there, it says look up laundry care. And when you press that, the results come up, which show you what exactly they mean. Tumble dry, do not bleach. This is honestly so good. You can also use this to identify plants, dog breeds, cat breeds, statues, artworks, books, a lot of things. The iPhone for the win. Yes, I love technology. And a very pleasant good morning to you. Well, we are still finding out some things that have happened in the last several days. Like over Thanksgiving, there was a big fundraiser where country star Tracy Lawrence had his 18th annual Turkey Fry and Benefit concert. It happened in Nashville last week. He and his volunteers fried over 1,200 turkeys and helped provide over 10,000 meals to those in need. The concert featured Lee Bryce, Priscilla Block, and Halfway to Hazard, and it raised $250,000. So not only 10,000 meals, but also $250,000 for the Nashville Rescue Mission, which aids the hungry and homeless. So way to go, Tracy Lawrence. Truly doing good. 18 years in the making of frying turkeys. That's a lot of fried turkey, I tell you what. All right, good morning. A very pleasant good morning to you. Well, wedding season is not really in full effect. It's kind of the summer, a summertime thing, isn't it? But apparently online, people are talking and talking and talking about wedding etiquette. Yeah, a new survey has looked into it. The biggest faux pas you can make at a wedding. Yes. All right. The five rudest things that a wedding guest can do. Number one on the list, not RSVPing yes or no. Yes, your RSVP of no is just as important as your yes in a lot of cases for figuring out numbers. 80% of people surveyed said that was the rudest thing people can do is just do nothing. Uh, Another rude thing, according to this survey, is if you dress casual when the dress code is formal, like showing up in jeans, 79% of people said that's inappropriate. Uh, In the inverse is true as well. If you wear something fancier or more extravagant than the couple is wearing themselves. 77% of people said that was a major faux pas. Drinking too much, 74% said that is not cool. 
And then the last item is giving a speech without permission. <laughs> uh, which I, I recall in several movies and shows where somebody gets up to give a speech. They're not approved to do so. And that is looked at as very rude. 72% say it's also rude to propose at somebody else's wedding. And then bringing a plus one without permission. And 59% of people polled said you should never wear white to a wedding. So now you know. Have you broken any of this etiquette? If you have, you should apologize now. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you about another podcast I'm doing. One that is shining a light in the dark corners of our media, our government, and our culture. It's the Ike Wingate Show. You can find it at IkeWingate.com. Please subscribe to it. Listen to it. It's a longer form, unfiltered podcast that delves deep into the issues that are happening in our culture. So check it out, please. Hey, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. It's an honor to know you've been listening and hanging out with us. We know you got choices, and believe me, we appreciate that you made this choice. We'd love to spread the word. We need your help with that. Leave us a review. Rate us whatever you can, because that'll help spread the word on the show. You want to contact us? Hit us up. Show at IkeWingate.com. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. Just type in the Ike Wingate Show. Have a great day.